What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. A lot of women don't know that y'all don't already come with confidence either. Mm. So somebody got to kind of give in. Somebody mm. got to say, you know what? I'm going to let this man know he's safe with me. Mm. He, could, he, could, he could love me because I'm going to love him back. He don't have to be questioning when I answer the phone. No, he's going to know where I'm going. Or what I'm doing. So my man ain't going to call me and don't, don't know where I'm at. He don't have to call because he know where I'm at. Because I already told him my word. I'll call you when I leave. Trust me. That has given him, that gives him confidence. I told him what I was doing. How was your day today, baby? I told him everything that happened today. He was able to affirm me. Mm-hmm. Oh, everything going to work out for you. Now I'm excited, man. It's going to be amazing. How was your day, baby? Wow, when I'm on Facebook, when he FaceTime me, you look sexy. Where's you going? You look good as fuck. Mm-hmm. Damn. My man is sexy. I used to do that. Back in, Hello. Yeah, what you doing? Hey, what mm. you ate today? No, I see a sexy ass man. Baby, you look good as fuck. Girls don't do that because they think that's corny or you think, or you're going to think that they being too, too nice. Mm-hmm. They got to be, it's just a stupid thing that, that these girls have in their minds. Mm-hmm. And I used to be those girls, but I got tired. I'm like, you know what? I need a king. Let me, let me be a queen. So when I get my king, I know how to make him feel like a king. Mm. But I didn't understand that that was a thing. We both should know what's going on. Let's be transparent, girl, we grown. It's getting late, so call my phone. So we can do this one-on-one. So, all right, welcome to the Rich and Unemployed Podcast Uncut. I'm your host, Jonathan Duputon, a.k.a. Finesse. And before we get started, make sure you guys check out the Patreon. That's where all the exclusive content is coming out before YouTube. And make sure you guys check out the website, www.richunemployed.net, for the merch. Woo! Okay, this has been a long time coming. Yes, I'm excited. I have a beautiful woman sitting here in front of me, a businesswoman, rich woman. She pop her shit online. Um, you go ahead. You, you give your... So I do a lot of things. I do pop my shit online. It's just me being authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, I come from the streets in real life. You know what? I hear the streets in your in your mannerism, your tone. Like, I I can feel it. Yeah, I, I come from the streets in real life, and I made a, a, a vow to myself that no matter how rich I get, I'm always gonna keep that hood energy that I have yeah. authentically. I don't want to lose that. That's my special, my if factor. That's what I do that make make other girls say, "Man, I could be like her." Mm-hmm. I come from. Strip club. I used to be a stripper at 13. Mm. I dropped out of school in the ninth grade. I had my first child when I was 15. I was in foster care. My brother that's here, I, I watched him literally get shot and come home and I watched his brain leak all over the bathroom shower while I was taking the shower. Never got therapy. My mom sold drugs. My dad sold drugs. You know, I used to steal for a living. I used to do credit card scams. I used to date the dope boys. I was a stripper myself till I was 19. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a multimillionaire. I've made millions and millions of dollars. I've coached many women to millionaire, multimillionaire status, many men mm-hmm. to millionaire, multimillionaire status. But I want people to know that if I could do it, they could do it too. So I love to keep my energy just how it is. Oh my God. I yeah. wonder I wonder who are you like? So I'll tell you how I found out about you. I was 
scrolling on on, on Instagram one mm-hmm. day. I, I think I don't know remember what what it was, but you caught my attention and it was your conversation. You know, you you from what I've seen, mm-hmm. you say things that people are afraid to say. That's my spirit. I'm mm-hmm. say things. The more I know you're afraid to say it, the more I'm gonna say it. And I don't care who don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I started. I was like, wow, I like how you talking. Then you are attractive. And I know that you know because we know because it's us. Mm-hmm. That if, when a person can look at you, they can listen to you. And it's not that I have hidden agendas or, or ulterior motives. I believe that that's like our gift. Yeah. So that's how I saw you. And I was like, okay, but your mouth, you say things that really make sense. So I decided to follow you. I was, I was single at the time and I was trying to figure it out. I was in between. And so watching some of your podcasts helped me to understand how men think. Mm-hmm. And not that I agree with everything or even disagree. Mm-hmm. Some things I had a neutral position about, a neutral stance about, but I just thought your show was intriguing. And then I started to see a lot of the women, you know, occasionally that would come on. And I see how you come across. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I want to see what, what kind of challenge I could give him as well. Ah. <laughs> what kind of growth I can have him experience. Because you may never have a boss like me on your show. I don't think so. I yeah. think this is the No top. pun intended for none of the women. Because no. they were beautiful. They was, mm-hmm. But where I come from versus where I am now, mm-hmm. my mind had to change. Mm-hmm. I've made millions of dollars. I've coached 39 families to millionaire, multi-millionaire status in the last nine years. In my career, I'm responsible for like... That I know of like 150 millionaires in the world somewhere, whether they talk to me or not. But I know that I have something that makes me unique in the mm-hmm. thing that I have is where I come from. But people like you and I got a lot in common. So I want to know like where you this this hunger that you have, like who are you? Where you come from? Well, my parents from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to Atlanta when I was about 10 years old. And I always been like a troublemaker in and out of juvenile, in and out of YDCs. Um, just just a troubled kid, you know, just trying to find his way. Mm. And at the age of like 16, that's when I told myself, like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to chill out with all this legal shit. I really wasn't doing so. I was just at bad. Age? 16. 16. They were trying to give me like two, three years in, in like jail. And I was like, nah, I can't do that. And then, but I always had this criminal mentality, like, yo, listen, I'm going to stop doing the petty shit, but if a big lick come around, I'm going to hit it. Mm-hmm. And when I was around 24, a lick came. You know what I'm saying? I was doing fraud. It was big fraud. And I got caught around the age of 26, went to prison at 27, came out at 30. My mom passed away while I was in prison. So while I was in prison, wow. I came up with this whole idea, this this whole brand. And when my mom passed, I kind of just gave me that extra edge that I needed. Like, yo, I really have nobody else out here. So yeah. I got to get it. Wow. You know, I got to figure this shit out. Yeah. And as soon as I stepped out of that prison, I just went for it. Wow. And here I am now. Wow. And that's when you started the podcast. And- it really wasn't the podcast. I was going to be a motivational speaker. I just wanted to share my story and and help any way that I could. So I didn't know it was going to be in this form. You know, like, there's so many men that look up to me by the shit that I say and, and how I motivate them and just give them truth. You know, like, I never try to come on the internet and try to be fake or try to say what people want to hear. I'm just authentic and people just relate. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I don't try to, oh, this is what they need. Oh, I need to say this. Nah. The shit that I say on the internet is the shit that I go through my life on a day-to-day basis. Or my friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, they got to hear this. I got to go say this shit. And so, like, that's how I kind of just blew up, just being authentic, my authentic wow, self. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Definitely, too. Okay. For sure. That helps me to understand. When your birthday? In twenty, I'm 28 days away from 44. Wow. February 21st, I'm a Pisces. I'll be what? 44 years old in 28 days. Tell me, tell me what, at what point in your life that made that transition? You say you've been a stripper, you've seen scam. What point was like, yo, I'm about to just be fucking rich legally. You know what I mean? I'm about to put up. Like, well, tell me this story. How did this happen? Quick commercial break. 
if you're at home right now sitting with your lady and you're at home right now with your man and you need to put some spice back into your relationship, Super Gorilla will be the way. If the bedroom ain't rocking like it used to, if this thing ain't hitting like it used to, Super Gorilla is the way. Take a shot of this right here. I'm about to go take it right now with my girl. Mm-hmm. I take a shot of this and watch. You know, it's gonna do what it do. So I'll get you some super gorilla if you need that rock. Get it that super gorilla cock. All right, back to the episode. How did you become Coach Stormy? Hmm. So that's that's a couple of questions and a couple of answers. Mm-hmm. So so I come from a hustling family. Like I knew what a, a, a brick of cocaine looked like when I was seven years old. I remember. <laughs> I remember what my mom did with it to traffic it and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I also remember the nights my mom didn't come home. I also remember waking up and, and the lights was off. Yeah. I also remember waking up to take a shower and not only was the lights off, but the water was off. I remember those days. I remember finding out my mom was in prison. That's why she wasn't coming home because she got caught trafficking. Mm-hmm. And so from a young age, I was manifesting like, I want to be free. Cause my dad had a job. So I watched my dad work his full-time job. And I was like, this is crazy. So I got my hustling mom and my rich dad, so to speak. But my dad was in prison, if you ask me, because he was at work all the time. So it was the same kind of prison. He just got off and he had a check and my mama was away. Mm -hmm. So I was like, damn, I don't want either of the two. Mm -hmm. And so I've been always like that girl that was trying to figure things out, but I didn't have any examples. I didn't have no, you know, mentors, Mm -hmm. you know, or nobody that I'm like, oh, I want to be like her. And so um, I think that the time that I really made the decision after, like, you gotta remember, I've been manifesting this since a kid. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be wealthy one day, but I didn't know how. I used to think I was going to marry a rich football player. I didn't have a football player boyfriend. <laughs> so I said, when are they going to marry me? I'm really baby mama. Mm-hmm. So that didn't work. But anyway, I was always, like, manifesting that. But when I when I made the hardcore decision that I'm not doing this no more is when I moved to Atlanta. I, moved, I actually moved to Atlanta from uh, Miami with $135 worth of change, nickels, quarters, and dimes. I got in my, my BMW X5, put whatever I could fit in there, and came to Atlanta with just change. And I stayed at my friend's house. I just sleep on the floor, the couch. And just to be honest with you, I was grateful for the opportunity to be able to grow and move to another environment, but living with my friend mm-hmm. and the way people treat you when you sleep on their couch. Oh, man. <laughs> you be like, damn, and you gotta act like you don't understand why they acting weird and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So. By the time I got here, I was 29 years old. I got into my industry of network marketing at 29. And it was because I saw another black woman that looked like me making like 60000 a month. So at 29 years old, I made it my mind that I'm not playing around. I'm going to be a millionaire. This is the year I'm going to be a millionaire. Through network marketing. I made a, my first million dollars in, in 14 months in network marketing. I made $1.4 in 14 months, my first solid year in network marketing before I understood what I really was doing. Mm-hmm. I made one point four million at twenty nine years old. Was this this is like social media days? What? So no, this was MySpace had just started. MySpace. So this Facebook, is like two thousand and five, two thousand four. Yeah. Okay. So no, this, when I first got in network marketing, this was when you had to be outside. Yeah. I had to go to WalMarts and Targets and talk to people and put door hangers on people's doors and like no, it wasn't no Instagram post. It was outside in the streets. What you selling? Hustling. At the time, I used to sell these garments. I used to sell these garments called Body Magics. Remember when they used to pick at the girls with the garments on that make you look fine and take it off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to sell those trick me's. I hate them. Fake me. I, I hate them, man. <laughs> I was the girl who made them, them like socially acceptable. I okay. sold those. So that's how I started with, with, with selling garments. Mm-hmm. 
So you going around telling people, hey, listen, you strictly women. Do men we had men garments too, so we could help oh, men. Lord. So I used to make I made lot a lot I made my first one point four million dollars in twelve months at twenty nine in Atlanta selling those garments. Okay, hold on. Tell me how network marketing works. So you find someone, they have to it's like a I don't even say Ponzi, but they gotta find somebody else too and So network marketing is like any traditional business except you get to own like your distribution center. Uh-huh. So a company manufactures the candy blends. I become a distributor to sell the candy blends. The company doesn't do no promotion. They don't do no marketing. They don't put no money behind marketing. Mm-hmm. All that money that they would have taken from manufacturing the product to selling the product through mm-hmm. some type of marketing, whether they put you in stores. Network marketing does not put the product in stores. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to find us in Walmarts and Targets and CVSs. You're not going to see the company doing a the billboard. They pay the distributors instead. Mm-hmm. So my job is to sell as many products as I can. But isn't and I get to marketing? build a team. Okay, that's what so, I'm getting to. So I personally get to sell as much products as I choose to by myself. But if you're smart, it's like selling drugs. Mm-hmm. You want to get a corner with one man or you want to get the whole block. For sure. And you can't run the block by yourself. Mm-hmm. So I always had that mentality. So I would go in and find the hustlers who want to make some money. And you get to build a team. And as the team makes money, as your team rises, you rise. Right. That's why I've been able to help so many girls make millions. Because I help them rise. And when they rise, I rise. Are you still in network marketing? Absolutely. I'm never leaving network marketing. Okay. Is Candy Clans network marketing. Uh-huh. Candy Clans is the same company that my student that you talked about. Mom yes. Lady, yes. She she made her first, she made nine million with me in eight years in network marketing. What the fuck am I doing then? I'm Teach not, me how to be a millionaire. We're going to talk. Coach me. We're going to talk. Hmm. I'm 34. I'm, I could, I'm 44. I'm 10 years older than you. Yeah. I mean, I'm big sis. Big sis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ain't. We ain't gotta do no flirting today. This is big sis. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, I'm so sure. proud of him, y'all. For sure. They said you're gonna be scared of me. Who said that? A couple people. I ain't scared of nothing. I ain't, now. That's what they say. They say you're gonna get his ass. Nah, He's gonna be scared nah, to talk nah, to you. Your, nah. They say your show money ain't not even come out. <laughs> no, nah, the, the only thing is you're in a relationship, so I respect the relationship. So, you know, that's the only thing. So, I'll be respectful. That's, that's cool. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Now, you were a stripper at 13 years at old 13. in Miami? In Miami. Who the fuck hired you at 13? <laughs> <laughs> so you remember we, we had fake IDs. I used to be a scammer too. You looked so, like you was 18 at 13 years old? I look older. I always looked older at a young age. I look younger now than I did back then. It's crazy what money could do and happiness. <laughs> I'm telling you. So yeah, I looked, I looked older back then. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm sure I didn't look old enough for nobody to lie me in a strip club. But yeah. this was back in the Rolex days. You know, yeah. people, you know, if you got an ID, they can't deny you. For in sure. the club, don't care. They trying to make money. So, I worked at the Rolex, the famous Rolex. I worked at the Rolex. I worked at Ecstasy. I worked at Take One a few times. I worked at Bootleggers. I worked here at Magic City. When yeah, you I worked at Coco's. I tried. I, I, I know Coco's. I love Coco's. I worked. That was my my, my clubs back in the days. What did what did stripping teach you at that young age? Like you you gain something from everything that you do in life, like every job. What did stripping teach you at that age? That's a good good question. Number one, I, I, stripping taught me that everybody got the same thing, but they look at it differently. Explain. So everybody got a, a pussy. Everybody got some ass, but they uh-huh. want to see mine over yours. Mm-hmm. So everybody got the same thing, but people look at it differently. Mm-hmm. That's number one. I learned that if you don't kill it, you can't eat it. And in the strip club, you got to have some resilience. Mm-hmm. It's also very competitive. When we work in, I'm not your friend. 
if if my man who come dance me want to come dance you, I can't get mad. Right. But a lot of women did get mad. So I learned that you just got to accept certain things that come with the territory. Mm-hmm. That's just the world we live in. Somebody feel like they customer they man. Like how girls think, you know, they trick their man or how men cheat on their wives and think that, you know, it's okay because they got a wife and a mistress. Like certain things are just unacceptable. Mm-hmm. I learned in that world that that's just what it is. People are going to, you know, feel like what's theirs is not if they had a little chance with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also learned that people could be up one day and down the next. I'm trying to tell you. I've learned a lot about men that came into the strip club and they'll be balling, making money, doing their things. And then next, you know, wow. and the next, you know, they're not making no money no more. Mm-hmm. You know, so I learned that. And I just learned that you got to know that you got to work. You know, when you when you think about success, a lot of people, they don't understand the work that got to goes into to becoming successful. The sacrifices, like I, I could tell you, nice of going to the club, paying $140 tip out and then make nothing but $20. Like that can happen in the strip club. So I just learned a lot. That was my foundation. Your parents knew this? Was your mom in prison? or She didn't know. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. No, no, no. no. Ever? Never found out? They found out by, by the time I was like 16, 17, but uh-huh. what they was going to do? I needed to survive. I was in survival mode. Mm-hmm. At what point did you become a scammer? My first time scamming, I was like 15. I was the grown. 15. 15. 15. So I was like no, we was we was um, I would get people IDs and go get credit and go get jewelry credit and go get checks. Uh-huh. I used to write checks. I used to get stuff from you know Office Depot and Home Depot and take it back for the cash. Like I was in those days. I was in those days where you could call, tell a check, and get them a new check number and they'll approve it. Like I'm that girl from those days mm-hmm. back in the day. Day. <laughs> OG scammer. OG scammer performed in the building. You know what? Like so, I like that. You're not afraid to share your story. You know, some people try to hide their past or try to like dig it, like bury it. And you ain't afraid to just like let your truth speak. You know what I mean? And I love my truth. Where I come from is what makes me so wrong. You mm-hmm. know, you, you don't judge a man by how successful he is, but what he had to overcome to be successful. I'm telling people you. People are supposed to salute me. I come from Section 8, food stamps. Mm-hmm. I was on, I gave my Section 8 voucher back. You know how I many girls would die for a Section 8 voucher? I had a Section 8 voucher and gave it back. What you mean you gave it back? You know what Section 8 is? Yeah. I told them I didn't want it no more. I'm about to move. I'm about to pay my own bills. I don't want y'all free money. I gave them back their Section 8 voucher. Girls ain't giving back no Section 8 Hell no. I gave back my Section 8 voucher. I gave back my food stamps. I don't want y'all food stamps. I don't want y'all wick. Yeah, I gave back all of that stuff. This is Atlanta? No, no, no. This was before Atlanta. This was when I was. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, no. When I moved to Atlanta, I had already gave it back. I moved to Atlanta when I was 29. Mm I gave back my vouchers and all that when I was like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. God damn. I ain't giving no vouchers back. You know, I went I went to prison for food stamps. Yeah. No. Yeah. You went to prison for food stamps? Yeah. How a, you go to prison for food stamps? I had a whole food stamp operation. I was taking people identities and applying for food stamps, and I did about hundreds. What? I did about hundreds, and I had two convenience stores. <laughs> we was swiping like a motherfucker. <laughs> food stamps. Food stamps. How much time did you do? They gave me 45 months. I ended up doing like three years. I never heard of somebody that went to prison for food stamps. Yeah, yeah, we, so this is the divine conversation right here. Yeah. <laughs> so we both, my mom used to call it reparations. So we both got a You damn right. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. <laughs> I was old this money. Like all the shit that I went through. I need I'm old this. You damn Give right. Give food stamps. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you ain't doing that no more. Yeah, I'm done with that life. I'm done with that life. I, I told my friends, don't listen. Don't even, don't call me with nothing. 
I don't want to hear about no shit. Like I just had to focus on on this right here. So you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You gotta follow one course until successful. Mm-hmm. That's how I go. Focus. So at what at what point did you have your child? So I had my first child when I was 15. He's 27 years old. He's a personal trainer. Um, I had it when I was 15. Uh, 15. Wow. So he was 14 when you moved to Atlanta. Came with you? No, no, no. Well, he yeah, he was 14. Yes, he didn't call me in the beginning. So when I first came to Atlanta, I was sleeping on somebody's couch, as I told you. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting into real estate. I didn't get a license, but back in the days, remember when anybody, you about, no, you probably don't know about that. I was too young. You was too young. Mm-hmm. So there was a point in time where in Atlanta, as long as you had a post, you could get approved. People was selling you land with no house on it, all kind of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, when I first moved here, no, he didn't come with me. But when I started to make money and I was able to afford to get him to, you know, be here and have a place to stay, he moved here. He went to um, North Atlanta High School. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He lives here now. So he was a single mother. The dad wasn't. I have three kids with three different men. Mm. I was my first two kids. I had between my son. I had fifteen. My daughter had at nineteen. So I had my two kids when I was young. And my last child, which is he's ten years old, I was married to his dad when I got pregnant with him. I was thirty-three when I when I had him. What has? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know this. I have a I have a twenty seven year old son. I have a twenty four year old daughter, and I have a ten year old son. I have three children. Oh, wow. I have one daughter. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's raw. She's twenty four years old, and my son is twenty seven. A lot of people don't know that. You know, my kids are very um different, so we don't promote each other on social media like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow! Did that ever stop you from getting men? No, like how? You got two kids. What that mean? I got no. I mean, you had two kids, kids before Atlanta. Man, you know? no, I mean, I never met a man that had a problem with me having kids. Why? Why would a man have a problem with me having kids? I never heard of that. Most men know that that it comes they don't come with the territory. I mean, not really. Some men like when they hear two kids, like one kind of scare a man away, two, and then three. I'm like, oh, nah. I never had a man complain about me having kids. I never. I never. I mean, I, I don't know what that feels like. Damn. Or act weird because I had kids. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. So I can't talk about that. Okay, my God. So. <laughs> you have kids? Not yet, I have one on the way. Oh, you got one on the way? Yeah. You got one of the podcast guests pregnant? No, no, no. Oh, that's, no, good. No, no. <laughs> that's good. I don't touch these women. You don't? No. Oh, that's good. Yeah, just It just looks like it. Mm. Yeah, I'm great. I'm that's great. Dope. Yeah. That's dope. That's good. You do a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, Minty, she knows. Like, this is, I'm just a vibe. You know, That's like, good. I don't, you gotta be. Mm-hmm. Or nobody wanna hear what the hell you talking about. Yeah, just imagine if I if I was to try you and you was to go back and be like, yo, how was this podcast? Girl, that nigga was trying to do exactly. I don't exactly. need that. I That's need you to go back and be like, man, that shit was dope. Exactly. You feel me? Let me tell you something, you do good business, you never have to look for business. You damn right. Never have to look for business. Hey, you came to me. Well, I mean I did reach out to you, but just imagine if you heard the shit about me, you wouldn't come here. Mm-mm. I wanted to come on your show too because I just felt like I wanted to challenge the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also about to launch my podcast and I want you on mine. I believe in Russell Property. What's your, I ain't going to come on, actually come on my podcast and I come on yours. That's like, that ain't cool. What's your podcast about? It's called Shortcuts to Success. It's Tony Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, about mind, body, spirit, finances, and relationships. The shortcuts to success in all those different areas. So we're going to cover multiple conversations about the mind, the body, the spirit, finances, and relationships. Why you choose me? Because relationships, I think a lot of women are dealing with things relationally. Um, and I think that you can help them to understand 
you know, what's going on in the real world. Mm. You're attractive, you know, you're young, you're rich and unemployed. And the girls want to hear from somebody that look like you. They don't want to hear from nobody with no suit and tie and talking crazy. And right. They want to hear from somebody that look like you. You you look like what the girls like. Mm-hmm. So I, I want you to come on because I want to talk about relationships with you and the mind. I want to talk about mindset with you and relationships with you. Those two things. Even how you just said, I don't trust these girls. You could if you wanted to. But the mere fact that you don't, mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with your mental toughness and you understanding what you really do and the longevity of your reputation if you don't touch them. Mm-hmm. Like you get it. So you got some men that would touch them, couldn't help themselves. They'd be all in the comments like, boy, that show would have been over. And I'm like, I exactly. Yeah, niggas ain't got no self control. Yeah, well, that's why they were there and you where you at. Mm-hmm. That's so, why. I like you. You scared to talk? No. Good. I appreciate that. I, I want people to say I'd be scaring people. Um, I could see why. Because you're a business woman. People like, even look at me when I talk. Like, this is a new thing that's happening to me. What is up with that? What you mean? They be, what? You're the first person in a long time to really give me eye contact. It's crazy. And they be good people. They're not, they're not people trying to play games. They just want people to be look, act like they're scared to look at me in the eyes. Like, well, what is up with that? <laughs> you're, one, you're, you have money. Um, you have this power. And, you know, a lot of people could be intimidated Intimidated, intimidated by that right and men when they see successful women i don't know like it's just men or just everybody but i know when men run across successful women it's just a, it's intimidating especially like someone mm. of your stature and you you pop your shit you look like you don't need a nigga for that. nothing at all so yeah, they don't be scared i mean like hello hello <laughs> like that with me well yeah i'm not changing it about me i am powerful i don't need a nigga for nothing that's why my man is my man because he don't he don't do me like that mm-hmm He's not afraid of me. He look at me in the eye, honey. <laughs> when I first seen the relationship, I did, I thought y'all was just homies. Ah, uh, which which one? You sure? Cause you sure this, you talk about the right person? Yeah. Okay, cause I kind of got rid of one fast, like recently. So which one are you talking about? The one with the one arm? Yes. Okay, no, that's for real. That's yes. Not for real life. When I seen the first. Uh, Conlon, when he was posting them, I thought it was just. He which, seemed friendly, like I it was host. just yeah, like I was just cool. He was just around and oh. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I just started seeing more. I was giving that energy, yeah, definitely. And then y'all well, started getting funny. closer and closer. I, I pay attention. <laughs> I pay you attention. know, that's why I want you to come on my podcast and come to my event because I I was giving that energy. That's funny. I was wondering if people figured it out. Mm-hmm. You're the only person to call it out. That's the energy I gave at first. Mm-hmm. I did not no more though. I pay attention. I can read. Damn, that's crazy. You do mm-hmm. good. And then, like, uh, months went by, and y'all started getting closer and closer, and he picked you up, and y'all taking trips, and, and I don't even watch your page like that. He was that. like, nah, this ain't I'm no just scrolling. Thing. Okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah. I just found it very interesting. Yeah. What made you choose him? Wow, that's a very good question. Um, He had everything that I'm looking for in a man. He he has, number one, good, his qualities. His, he has great qualities. He's mm-hmm. he's a he's an alpha man, a real man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> a lot of men, not men. They got dicks. But they act like females. Mm. They don't have no backbone. They don't have no made up mind. Like he has his own mind. Mm-hmm. Like, and let me explain to you what I mean. I have the ability to make you change your mind. Mm. You could say we going to um, move Chris, and when I finish, I'm like, no, we going to crustaceans, and it's in the way. Mm-hmm. And I could change your mind. I don't want to do that. I want a man that's like, no, nah, we going to root Chris because I want the steak and I want the salad and I want the the uh, the lemon drop yeah. or whatever. 
I don't want to be able to change your mind. So I love he has he knows himself and his man his mind is made up. I mm-hmm. cannot play with him or manipulate him or trick him or trying to be so no, he has his own fucking made up mind. Mm-hmm. That is so important. That is so important. Most men do not have a made up mind. They're not they're not focused. They're not for certain on what they want in life. That's crazy and scary to me. The thing is too Men could be that way when it's a weak woman, right? But you're a strong woman. And it takes a real strong man to be with a woman like you. And the reason I like our relationship is because you didn't choose him based on what other people what other people thought you might pick. You know, like poppy people were looking like, well, why would she go with that? You know what I'm saying? Street nigga, hood nigga. You know, who the fuck is that? Why she didn't pick one of these entrepreneur ass niggas? But guess what? He 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 oh he ain't nobody to play with now. It's mm-hmm. just in his DNA, you know what I mean? But he is very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like, like my best friend. She, at first, she was like looking kind of sideways. Mm-hmm. But if you have a conversation with him, he is very intelligent. Like, literally, I could give you, I got pages of notes. Me, when I'm on the phone with him, and it's just who he is. So he don't even realize he's saying something, and he's saying something. I'm like, I'm gonna write it down. I can write a whole book just on conversations that I've had with him. So he's very intelligent. And he'll protect the two. Oh, that's important to me. I don't want to fuck his nigga. I don't. That's running before me. No. Nah. Mm-hmm. Hell, fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. No. Nah. So I don't, I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like, you know, feminine men. And that's a, a new thing in the world today. A lot of feminine men. They don't mind you taking out the garbage. Like, if, if I go to take out the garbage and you'll let me, you, you dangerous. And men are like that. They will let you take out the garbage. If you, if you know I work, the way I work, and you okay with me coming home and cooking every night? Because mm-hmm. that's what women's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. No. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, I've had him be like, nah, y'all want you to cook me nothing. Hell no, nah, for what? I'll cook. That's a big deal. He know how I work, and he know I'm really not into that like that. Yeah. I would, because I love you, and I want us to eat. Yeah. And I want to take care of you. That's a a, 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 a a way of me showing you that I'm I'm willing to serve you. Yeah. You know, I want you to know that. Mm-hmm. But he's like, man, no, nah, don't worry about it. I got that. Now nah, I want you to cook nothing. Like, I, little stuff like that. So that's most important. But his kids' qualities, he's an amazing father. He has two daughters. He's an amazing father. He's an amazing man. He, you know, got his head on his shoulders. He just launched his documentary, Dope as Hell. And he he survived, you know. So I just love his whole entire story and who he is as a man, a real man. It's beyond money. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not that girl that got to date you because you could buy me something. You he could. asked me what I wanted for Christmas and I said a plane. And? I don't have it. <laughs> but, but I don't, I don't want a purse. Mm-hmm. Which want me to say a watch, a purse. Mm-hmm. Everything I want, I have it already. Mm-hmm. So he know, he know I don't want a plane. I say you had to go get it right now, but you asked me what I want for Christmas and I'm giving you the answer. And I, I'm, I'm trust me, I, his mind is thinking because he wants to get that plane. Do you feel like the men that's in the entrepreneur space are I want to choose my words wisely. Soft. Weak. Soft. So, I wouldn't say that because that would be too much like I'm trying to judge, mm-hmm. you know. And you can't cluster everybody in one. But I think that a lot of the men that, that proclaim to be like these big entrepreneurs, they don't keep it real because they have to keep up this facade. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, what do you do? Do you smoke? Smoke. Right. You drink, drink. You have to go to strip club, go to strip club. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get with me or talk to me or get with in a relationship 
and try to suppress who you really are. Yeah. Because you got to keep up this facade. It's like, okay, when the camera's off, studio room closed, close the door, bye. Be you when the room mm-hmm. changes. I feel like that there's not a lot of realness in the world. Mm-hmm. People be putting on a facade, acting like they living good and living in their mama house, mm-hmm. driving around in the big bins and fucking ain't paid no rent. Like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I think in the entrepreneurial world, there's a lot of people putting up a facade. And I think a lot of people don't have the mental toughness and, and men and, and the discipline to remain an entrepreneur. So they may be, you know, hitting the lick. They may have seasonal, you know, seasonal peaks. <laughs> but what happens in the valley? Because they don't really have the discipline to, to maintain. Not a lot of men do. It's not a lot of men that, that can maintain for a long time. So it's mm. scary because you could get in a relationship and think you're a nigga balling. And then next, you know, think you know his ass broke. Damn. Damn. I mean, you know, you, go, so, you get in a relationship where he mm-hmm. balling because the lit right. He, mm-hmm. he got in on the PPP, and then now he looking for his ass, and he running from the PPP OPO. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like that's scary. Yeah. It's true. That's the reality. Yeah. yeah. Or he living this facade life. He got a nice car, nice watch, mm-hmm. what the girls like, and then you go to his house and he got one little bed in the corner and a, one picture on the wall. It's like what? Mm-hmm. Now I do go both ways too. Now, like you get you get with these women, and they having this this whole aesthetic on the internet and they have these nice bodies and nice looking when you get with them it ain't what it is for real it ain't what it is like what that's, that's really what all it come with you know like i only get that but they don't know how to treat a man they might not be living right they ain't got no money you know what i'm saying yeah. they trying to look for the next come up so like it's really scary out here for dating for me you know what i mean like because it'd be so many so many women coming at me and I gotta really like do my research on women. So how did you pick the woman that you have now? What what was what did she have that she was she was down with me before prison. Ah, you know what I mean? so she's not a new girl. She ain't a new one. I like that. Uh, and she allows me to be free. She allows me to be whoever I, I wanna be. That's- What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You know, like I don't gotta, I don't gotta like hold back. Like I could, I could be exactly who I am on my interviews. I could be on the streets. You know what I mean? So I chose it because of that. That's important. Congratulations. That's important. Y'all gonna get married? Or it's not important to you? Um, it's baby steps. You know what I mean? Baby steps. Baby steps. So are y'all in a committed relationship? Or y'all just casually? Because that's a new thing, too. Uh-huh. Can she go date somebody else? Can you date somebody else? She cannot know. Can you? Yes. She knows? She mm-hmm. would. Really? Mm-hmm. What is that called? I don't know. Open? She will let you date somebody else? Mm-hmm. And she know? Mm-hmm. What? But... Um, I wouldn't do it just cause like at this point, now that I have one, but you've done that before mm-hmm. and she knew, mm-hmm. I tell her about dates I go on, women I had sex with. What? Yeah. I'm open about it. What? Is she okay? Now, let me tell you, she wasn't always like this. She went to go talk to some type of Buddha, Buddhist and he gave her this, this whole new way of thinking of life. And she was just like, I, whatever, in a nutshell, what he told her was you can't control anyone. You know, like if you if you want to be with this person, then you choose that person because that's what you want. Now, you'll you'll get what you want in the long run. You know, let that person be them. Mm-hmm. Like you you'll get your happiness. I'm not saying she's not happy. 
Like, let's not think about what he wants for. Let me try to explain this because mm-hmm. she tried to explain it to me. Because I was like, yo, this shit, you trying to trick me or something? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck this way of thinking? Because she was never like this. She was like, he was just like, you know, just be free. Let let that person be them. And the person will not want to do it no more. Yo, listen, I swear to God. When she told me that shit, I was like, bet. So I was ready to get there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm just doing it just because. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really give a fuck for real. So like now it helps me with being able to be more in control. Like control my, my urges. Tough. I get it. You know I, I, mean? I so, understand both perspectives now. Mm-hmm. I get it. But so it's I, really I, like a finesse I, in my way. Because like you told me this, but now I don't even feel like I need a hundred bitches. I don't need like 10 bitches. That's dope. Like I don't even, I don't really don't even be fucking for real. You know what I mean? Dope. So like it was just a situation that was perfect for my life. I it's chose dope. it. Mm. I ain't with that though, but I get it. Yeah. I wouldn't let my nigga do that. Back in the day, I used to do that. When I was when I didn't have the self esteem that I have now, I would allow that kind of stuff. Okay. And it wasn't even about money. I, I noticed I didn't say money. Mm-hmm. When I didn't have the self esteem that I have now and the understanding of me being an energetic being, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, because I like a person. Okay, cool. But now, hell no, nah, ain't nobody sleeping with nobody else. You sleeping with me? Hell no. Nah. You bring them energies in my bed. Okay. over here. Now, them demonic, them demonic spirits in my room. I should be all you need. And if I get bored, I put on a new wig for your ass. <laughs> Now, okay, how do you feel like, okay, you can say that, but what about when a man go cheats? Do you, do you believe all men cheat? I used to believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that anymore. Mm-hmm. And if my man cheat, I'm, I'm not talking, I'm leaving him. Mm-hmm. The first time. The first time. The first time. No explanation, no like, I fucked up, my bad, none of that. Mm-mm. I think, I think. I, I used think. to not be like that, but I am like that now. You cheat think, one time, I'm out. I think it really depends on the age of a man, and I think it depends on the woman too. Like somebody like you, when you say that, you know, a nigga gonna be scared to cheat on you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not losing my chick. You know? exactly. I'm not losing my chick. Not exactly. for that. You exactly. know what I mean? So I'll, I'll hold. I'll fight back the urges. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like you, the only like before this situation, like the only reason I wouldn't cheat is because like I'd be afraid to lose this person. Exactly. And I'm like, nah, I won't even risk that shit. Fuck it. Exactly. Like, so yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. If somebody cheat on me, I'm out of here. Exactly. The first time. I'm gone. That's it. So that's me. So you, your, your marriage, did they cheat? Um, I don't know. But he cheated. I don't know if he cheated sexually. He definitely cheated conversationally. He was talking to somebody that he didn't have no business talking to. But that's not why I got a divorce. But mm-hmm. I did. You know, he did have conversations. To me, I think a conversation is cheating. Mm-hmm. You don't think so? Yes. It is, right? Yes. Yes. You don't have to have the act of sex. Right. But I, you can have stimulating conversations. I think that it's, if you're, if, if you're, the it depends on the conversation, right? So if I'm talking to you like it's flirtatious, like we're trying to set some shit up or it's like some, some sneaky shit and I can't tell you about it, then yeah, it's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. So he was having some inappropriate conversation, but that's, again, not why we got a divorce. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long y'all was married? So, well, we was married on paper for like two years, but I was ready to get a divorce the first year. I didn't want to even, I shouldn't have married him in the first place. I knew that wasn't my husband. I and you had a child with him? My child is amazing, though. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yes. Ladies, be careful who you have children with because they can put you on child support later. Ask about that. Yes. You on child support? No, but I'm dealing with a very serious, serious situation. And that's the object if he wants child support. Oh, he ain't got it like that. I didn't really have it like that. I did, and then I got with him and didn't have it like that. My mom died, 
So I went depressed and got married. And when you're depressed, you can't get no money. So I went broke. And I married him. And um, I went real, real broke after I married him. I was a little broke when I went real broke. Like, no money, $20 broke. And got married to him. You never feel like, okay, you got married to this guy, got pregnant. And it's like, okay, I got this far. Like, should I stay just for the child? You never think about, okay, let me... Not saying that you was wrong for your decision. I'm just thinking like for other people, like they, they get in these situations where they might marry somebody, might get somebody pregnant and they realize like, man, I fucked up. And like, damn, I want to stay for the child. I want to stay or at least try. You know what I mean? It's like you never get that point. Like, right, let me try for the child. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. No, I did. I, I understand how women get caught up in that trap. Mm-hmm. I did think that. And then it was not, it was that. And then it was, my God, I'm married. There's a, that's a sin. You get a divorce. Oh my God, what are people going to say about me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I went through all of that, but I was, I, I was really depressed. Like I was, like I wanted to kill myself some days, mm-hmm. you know. So I became depressed, suicidal. I don't want to live. And what made me realize that I, I had to get out was two things. Number one, um, I never forget this. He lost his gun inside of the house, and my baby was one years old at the time, crawling. We didn't know where the gun was. Like I, I, I was a wreck. Imagine you're one year old in the house crawling in a gun. You don't know where the gun at. That was number one. And then number two, really, he didn't have no real ambition. If I would have stayed with him, we would have stayed broke. Like, I was pawning stuff. I was selling purses on eBay. I was about to get food stamps. I used to buy food stamps from people. I was back trying to find ways. Like, I had to sell my purses on eBay to buy my, my son that's now 10. Mm-hmm. Pampers and wipes in his crib. You know, my friend used to bring me her food stamp card for food. And I'm up here pawning stuff. I'm selling stuff. You know, I never forget the day I pawned $30,000 worth of jewelry or $4,000 out in Atlanta, Georgia. I was seven months pregnant, so fat and sweating, sweat all down my legs. And I was by myself. And I rode around to different pawn shops. And the, the pawn shop that the pawn shop that ended up taking my jewelry gave me $4,000 for $30,000 worth of jewelry. And I did it by myself. And I went home bought some food and paid the rent and that's what happened to that damn you ever got that jewelry back Mm-mm. <laughs> i don't even remember the pawn shop that I was <laughs> god so you 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 came up in at 29 and basically lost it all fucking with him it wasn't just him my mom mm-hmm. died as mm-hmm. i was holding her hand uh-huh. so we both don't have our moms there our angels right but my mom died August 26, 2011, and I, and I was holding her hand. So I watched my mom die, mm-hmm. as you already know. So mm-hmm. after that, it's like, I was done with it. I didn't know. I thought I was good. I thought I was all right, but I fell into a real bad depression. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, she didn't have no life insurance. I took my last, like, $40,000, put in a mausoleum. She used to always tell me if I die, mm-hmm. you better not bury me in the ground. So she she let me know where she wanted to go. So I took my last, I had, like, 75000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. My life. I used to live right here in Bucket. I had an elevator in my house. I had a Bentley. I used to have a big old bus riding around the city. I don't know if you ever seen that. I made $90,000 last month. Ask me how. A pink and red bus. You remember seeing Mm-mm. that? What year like, this was? This was like 2007. Not too young. I was, okay, I was on the south side. Yeah, I had big. So I was doing my thing. And then I watched my mom take her last breath and die. So I lost. I really went into a really, really. I was in a three and a half year depression after my mom died. Mm, gotcha. Damn. And so I met him coming out of the depression. Mm-hmm. So that's how things kind of shifted because I wasn't in my right mind. 
Yeah. So I thought I wanted to do the whole fight for the kid thing and mm -hmm. all that. But I'm going to stay with you broke. And you lost your gun in the house. I'm not about to be broke. I started to see my future. And I knew that if I didn't make the right decisions, it was going to be to my own demise. So I had to get a, I had to get out of that relationship. Or I was going to be broke. Yeah. And struggling. And that's not the life I wanted for myself. That's how we make decisions, right? We decide the life that we want for ourselves, and then we make decisions, right? Mm -hmm. That's what everybody should do. That that's easy. I think. I think. I think people should make the best decisions for themselves. Exactly. Fuck for that. themselves. Because at the Fuck end of the day, else. without you, shit, it ain't nothing. People don't think like that though. Mm -hmm. They be worried about everybody else, and then they be fucked up in the head. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I ain't going back to that place ever again. Ever again. You um you had some type of surgery. Oh um, yeah. Like within the last year or something? May, May nineteenth of last year. Um, tell us about that. So I was a stripper, right? And so imagine going to work and all your friends got a certain type of ass and then the next day they got this big old ass, they getting all the money. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, what's going on? And you find all your friends got some type of shots. And you're like, I ain't never doing that shit. That's stupid. I ain't doing that. Some bootleg shots. And so I used to be like, I ain't never doing that. Because I wasn't making no money. Everybody getting all the money. Nobody dancing me. My mm -hmm. little flat booty wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was at my my, my friend's house. And the, this particular drag queen came over. He, it was my gay friend. My gay friend got his shots. I watched his butt go from flat to boom, like in five minutes. And I was like, shit, I'm about to do this. And so I got some, I got butt shots when I was about 21 years old. Uh -huh. My daughter, 19, about 20, about 21 years old. And after, when I got about 35, it started to shift and get, it started deforming and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and butt shots is very dangerous. A lot of girls still doing them, they're very dangerous. So I had illegal butt shots. What did you go to get them? To get them done? Mm-hmm. I was at my friend's house in Miami. What did they inject it with? Um, mineral oil, but I didn't know that. We thought it was medical silicone. We was we was told that it was medical silicone. We later on found I found out from my my um my sample that they sent to the lab that it was mineral oil and some far it was mineral oil mixed with some foreign substance. So I had to go get the butt shots removed. So that was a butt shot removal surgery. So I literally had my whole butt taken off. Was it causing damage to your health? It wasn't affecting my health. It just was ugly. It was deformed. So mm -hmm. it was black mm -hmm. and it just didn't look good. It didn't, the shape was, was not nice. Mm -hmm. It started to shift. After a while, you know, I mean, everybody's different, but the butt shots could shift in your body mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and make you look, you know, kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. So that was me. It was an, an aesthetically unpleasing thing for me to look at. I just didn't like it. What made you go to the internet with it? Like... What made me go to the internet with is that a lot of girls need to know that this is not safe. It is going to mm. shift on you. And I want to help other girls to prevent them from going to get those illegal butt shots. Like, those butt shots are dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's not just dangerous for your health at time of, you know, injection. Because it could go into an artery. It could go to your lungs. These butt shots move. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that the butt shots went all the way down to his foot. He has a, a, a big foot. He had had a his, major... The drag queen? Yeah. He, had, he literally... The butt shots had... 
went from his butt and leaked down to his ankle. Like, it's not a game. You know, it could cause some very serious health conditions, some kidney mm-hmm. issues, some mm-hmm. headache issues. You think you're dealing with one thing, and it's like a shame. It's a shame for a lot of women. Nobody want to tell nobody that I got butt shots. So they go to the doctor for one thing, and it's like, tell the doctor you got butt shots. It's your butt shots that's moving around. So I just wanted to help somebody. You know, somebody watched my video one day, and they need help to understand the process, find a good doctor. Like, I believe every girl should, you know, pay attention to what has happened in, in their body because that surgery was so... I feel like I was gonna die. That was one of the hardest things I ever had to deal with. I couldn't hardly walk. I had to lay on my stomach. I had to use the bathroom standing up. I'm talking about everything standing up. Mm-hmm. It was some days I couldn't take a shower. I was bandaged up. It was a lot, and I dealt with that healing process um, for like three months. Was it worth it for all the money? You the made, butt shots for all the money you made stripping, all the attention that you got, and for the pain that you had to suffer at the end. Was it worth it? <laughs> Oh my God, that's a good question. Because I'd be lying if I'd be like, hell no, it's not worth it. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, but it did what yeah. it was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, it did what it needed to do. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. At that time. You know what? It, you know what? It, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I needed them. Mm-hmm. It, it made me, you know, I had to take care of my kids. Mm-hmm. I had to take care of my two kids. It was with me for the last. 25 years, I can't talk bad about it now. Yeah, it served its purpose. Yeah. A lot of people like, oh, Chloe got a big ass. You know? yeah. But now it's all me. And so my tissue did something because I'm fine now. It's tissue here. did something. <laughs> the tissue did what it's going to do, okay? Uh, so everything fine now. So, hey, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't regret it. Right, yeah. When they killed me, made me strong, I'm still right. here. At least you didn't come out the end of it like with like some cancer or no shit like that. Mm. Thank God that's good. Thank God. But now, I mean, now they're having like these other type of operations. Do you think, let me ask you this. Do you think men like BBLs or do you think they like natural bodies? BBLs? Men don't like no natural body. If you, unless, if you real fine, you just, you know, blessed to have, you know, came out your mama womb like that. Mm-hmm. But when you see these girls that's super fine on social media, girls, most of them got BBLs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, they're not going to be admitted because it's, like, you know, taboo. But, yeah, I think men like girls, they got a silhouette body, don't you? What kind of girl you like? Listen, listen, listen. BBL or not, a a natural. What have you dated in the past? What's your ratio? 50-50 BBL, 50 natural, or 60 BBL and 40 natural? What's your number? What's your ratio? It's like half. Now, let me say this. Now, I am definitely attracted to that nice shape. Definitely like exactly. definitely like seeing like an ass jiggle. But it's some it's some BBLs that's just too much. Exactly. You know, like it's just too much. And I would rather have a natural. Of you course. know, like now I don't want a natural flat. <laughs> that's just I don't want that. But right. you know, a nice just little curve, I deal with it. But we are attractive. We're visual creatures. Exactly. So we wanna we we like looking at it, we wanna fuck. Exactly. But dang, we don't really a lot of them not getting wiped up, right? And exactly. it's because that you got this body, but I don't get nothing else after that. You know what I'm saying? I, after I get this nut, it's like, shit, fuck it. But with these natural women, they, you know, <clears throat> these women with the BBLs, like, they get this this overnight confidence. They think it's all they need is a BBL. And that's it. They yes, ain't got to be it, submissive. They ain't got to cook. They ain't got to affirm you. They ain't got to do nothing. Just have a BBL. <laughs> have a BBL. Just have a BBL. Mm-mm. <laughs> 
It ain't. It ain't. Is enough. that how it is? Is that what the girls think? Yeah, I mean, I get. A oh, lot that of, is so sad. I get. Nah, I say not all of them. There's a lot of women that you know. All they needed was that BBL just to get that attention. They need a little confidence. And, and you know what I mean. And now, okay, they could be the woman they need to be. But it's a lot of them that also get that BBL and feel like, well, shit, I'm the shit now. Like, that's all I needed. You know. You just said affirm. What is that? You just said affirm because I just had an episode about that, and I had an episode speaking about. King treatment. That's that was the name of the episode. King treatment. King treatment. And some women just don't know how to treat a man. Don't yes. know how to affirm a man. Yes. You know, like when I walk out of this house, I need to I need to have that battery pack in my back knowing that I can go rule the fucking world. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I need to that lasts all day with me. They don't understand just a couple words. Yes. You're a king, baby. Yes. You got it. Exactly. Walk out that door like boom, I can go, I can go conquer anything. Exactly. But women don't understand that when I come home. I need I need to be embraced. Yes. Baby, come here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what I just went through outside that motherfucking door. Girls don't do that, huh? They don't do that. They don't do that. Not it, a lot of them don't do it. Now, yeah. it's some that when I when I come across them, I don't let them go. Exactly. Because I know how special you are, baby. Exactly. Very rare. It's very rare. And I be having wow. to ask like I be asking like my homies, like my brothers, like, you know how your how your women treat you? And they can't really say nothing. Like, oh yeah, she be cooking for me, like she cool and we be smoking together, but and why the fuck did you choose her? Like we be choosing women like just because of the look and just cause. Cause y'all wanna be lonely. And it's slim picking, maybe. I think that um I'm just gonna be honest with you because I wasn't always like this. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't always the girl that understands affirming my man. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure, like, for example, before I came in here, mm-hmm. you know, I was gonna interview with with the guy. He don't know who or whatever. But I wanted to let him know. I let him know how I'm about to go to do this interview. You know, my brother's here because he always all about security. Okay, Bobby, okay, good, all right. I said, all right, I'll call you when we finish. Mm-hmm. Back in the days, I was like, I'm working. I ain't got to call this nigga and tell this nigga what I'm doing. Right, right, right. But now it's like little things like that that makes your man feel confident. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll send him little videos if he don't answer the phone in the morning. I'm not like, why you didn't answer the phone? What you was doing? Oh, hey, baby, I know you sleep. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, like I never accused him of nothing. And, but back in the days, you got to remember, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. We become like the story we tell ourselves. And a lot of women live in this delusional world that we be telling ourselves so many negative things. So we automatically think you cheating. We automatically think you really got, you know, ulterior motives. We really mm-hmm. automatically think that um, you're going to be there because we got a BBL, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll be back. Or we, It's just a lot of thoughts that we make up in our minds that don't be real. We think you... You know, you got other things going on. So we really need a man that makes us feel confident to treat them like a king. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women don't know that y'all don't already come with confidence either. Mm -hmm. So somebody got to kind of give in. Somebody Mm got to say, you know what? I'm going to let this man know he's safe with me. Mm -hmm. He could could, could love me because I'm going to love him back. He don't have to be questioning when I answer the phone. No, he's going to know where I'm going or what I'm doing. So my man ain't going to call me and don't know where I'm at. He don't have to call because he know where I'm at. Because I already told him my word. I'll call you when I leave. Trust me, that has given him, that gives him confidence. I told him what I was doing. How was your day today, baby? I told him everything that happened today. He was able to affirm me. Mm-hmm. Oh, everything going to work out for you, man. I'm excited, man. It's going to be amazing. How was your day, baby? Wow, when I'm on Facebook, when he FaceTime me, you look sexy. Where's you going? You look good as fuck, nigga. Mm-hmm. Damn, my man is sexy. I used to do that. Back in, Hello? Yeah, what you doing? Hey, mm-hmm. what you ate today? No, I see a sexy ass man. Baby, you look good as girls don't do that because they think that's corny or you think or you're gonna think that they're being too 
too nice. Mm-hmm. They got to be, it's just a stupid thing that these girls have in their minds. Mm-hmm. And I used to be those girls. But I got tired. I'm like, you know what? I need a king. Let me, let me be a queen. So when I get my king, I know how to make him feel like a king. Mm. But I didn't understand that that was a thing. So I, I literally, I started listening to this pastor named Pastor R.C. Blakes. You got to bring him on your podcast. You bring men on here? Mm-hmm. He's dope. Pastor R.C. Blakes. And he started to teach me some things. For example, he's like, when you with a man, you don't tell your man, hey, babe, I'll be back. I'm finna go pee. Think about that. How many girls say, I'm calling you back. I'm finna go pee. Mm-hmm. Or I'm on you in the restaurant. Where the bathroom? I got to pee. Or they on the phone with you and you hearing them pee. I used to think that that was okay. Mm-hmm. R.C. Blake was like, that is not queen-like. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you know where the ladies room or the powder room? Mm-hmm. I, I got to pee. I'll be back. I'm going to go pee. Or when I'm, on the, when I'm using the bathroom, for the first like seven months, my, like, I just started unmuting. If I got to pee <laughs> or if I'm whatever, I'm mm-hmm. muting. Mm-hmm. If I, when I'm in the bed, like, you know, I got my bald head, right? Mm-hmm. At first, I always had my wig on. Always. Never just... He on the phone me. I got him now, so I look a mess. When he called me, I'm like, no. Keep. I got my lip gloss. He called it. Oh, my God. He called me. Okay. Hey, baby. I will purposely be feminine. Mm-hmm. But before, hello. Hey, what you doing? Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't play none of that. I had to learn that, though. A lot of women don't know. A lot of women don't know. And we think that how we're showing up is okay. And they don't know that your man should not be looking at you saying, is this another nigga? Hmm. And that's happening. He's like, this bitch is fine. She pretty. She smelled good. But she made me feel like this. And she feel too homeboyish. Mm. Too homeboy. I need a little fine line between homeboyish and that's mm-hmm. my girl. That's mm-hmm. my baby. That's my. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to make sure we keep that nice blend of the two. And a lot of women don't know that. I love that you said that. <laughs> at, what, at what age? <laughs> at what age? Did you figure this out? 40, 43. I'm 43 right now. 40. No, no, 40, 42. I found out last year. Uh, <laughs> so, so women still got time. Women still got time. Yeah, <laughs> they, 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 but, but that's why people like me mm-hmm. got to get vocal. Close the door, so We ain't finish it. Mm-hmm. People like me, we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. People like me got to get vocal. Mm-hmm. Please, because I used to think it was okay. Mm-hmm. I used to think it was okay to let my man... Maybe play around with somebody else. Maybe. It's not good for you and it's not good for me. Yeah. I'm going to be everything I need to be. Everything I need to be. When I say everything, because you're going to want to pick me. You're not going to want to have nobody else. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to want to have nobody else. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to make sure I ask you, is everything okay? Is anything I can do better? Mm-hmm. How, how you enjoy how I sex? If I see anything change when I sex and you act like you don't really like it and it's taking you too long. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, okay, uh-uh, I need to do something different. He's not liking it like that no more. I got to do something else. I used to, at first, I thought, as long as you do this, as long as you do this, you good. No, now it's like, oh, no, I need to make sure. So I'm very, very aware because I'm a queen and mm-hmm. I deserve a king, which means my king deserves what? King. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I got to treat him right. Mm-hmm. And I, it's my job to bring that out of him. Mm-hmm. But he also makes me feel safe, though. I just say that. So you know what? It's not it's not too late for women. So if you learned this at if you if you got a, a better understanding at forty four, that means you know women still got time. I'm forty three. I'll be forty four and twenty eight. Sorry, forty three. Um, I do want to say that not not that not that that will stop a man from cheating, 
But I feel like if women do their part, if they do what they're supposed to do, then your man will less likely to cheat. Exactly. Like women don't know why they man cheat. Like, oh, I'm... nah, it's because you don't show up how you're supposed to show up. Like we be looking for things that we don't even know that we need for real. Exactly. We be searching for it. And it's like, we don't even fucking know. Like if your woman doesn't, you know, do certain things like sexually or she shows up on FaceTime, however, or she's just too homeboyish. It's like, we don't even fucking realize it. We don't even people's going on, but deep, like we urge for that femininity. We need it. And when we don't get it from my girlfriend, it's like you gonna find somebody else to get it. It's not even fine. That shit gonna come. gonna come. And then when we, when they come across, it's like we can't even fight it because this is what we've been missing anyway. I can't even deny. Like, no, no, I'm, I'm straight. I how can I say I'm straight if I'm about to go home to nothing? Dang. How can I? I can nah. I'm a, I'm gonna fight you off, but I'm gonna wow. go home to to what I've been dealing with. Nah, wow. like if I get this from my home, if I get this from home, if I get this from my girl, then it's be easy for me to say no right here. Nah, hell no, hell my fuck no. I'm not losing that. I'm not losing that over there because you just fine. You know what I mean? So women got to understand that. So that's why I say like a lot of women single because they don't get it. And especially in this world now, it's like everything is so fast. Like women go get a nigga just like this. They feel like, okay, just because we broke up and it didn't work out. It just wasn't, it was a relationship. No, nah, it wasn't a relationship. It might've been just how you treated a nigga or exactly. you. You know what I mean? So I just learned this though. And I think what this, like, I, I, I know this podcast is going to be really good or what it takes, whatever it is, the show, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be very good, and a lot of people are gonna to need to watch this because what we're talking about right now, nobody is talking about. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have had a me to listen to, understand. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to tame that man? Tame. Create tame. that man. Because mm-hmm. we are creating each other while we're in each other's presence. Mm-hmm. So, like I've I've had my guy like raise his voice, and I'd be like, I'm stormy. You you, you you do realize we don't got to talk to each other like that. Mm-hmm. And he's, you you know, and then after a while, and I just be quiet and I see him, be, I can see his energy shifting like, damn, she white. Like, baby, you ain't got to talk like that. I know you were mad. I know you were upset. I know I know that pissed you off. I know I pissed you off. I know whatever pissed you off. But it's me. Mm-hmm. I'm your girl. The woman you love. You ain't got to. But that's his natural personality. Yeah. That's natural. He's aggressive. He's mm-hmm. aggressive. But when I remind him, it's like, you can let down a little bit. And that's, I rub his shoulder. That's all it takes. Give me a kid. I rub his head. That's all it takes. You ain't got to be aggressive with that's me. That's it. But I didn't know that before. I'm going back with you. Mm-hmm. Damn, why you got to act like that? Why you got to fucking talk so loud? Damn, nigga. Baby, you know this me, right? Mm-hmm. I know you mad. I know that pissed you off. And I wish I wouldn't let you see that. I wish I wouldn't let you hear that. I wish I wouldn't say that. I should have said it like this. Mm-hmm. And everything changes. Be like, it be like his whole guard. He's not that. So I learned that. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I learned that you ain't got to be disrespectful. He's a man. Don't provoke the man. Mm-hmm. Don't push the bear. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that though. You got to study your man. Study, study, study each other. For what I'm saying, but study like the person that you with every day and understand like it's it's other ways of of winning. You know what I'm saying? Like you arguing with a nigga, you tell you calm him down and you won. You can't win through. But you got to teach a woman that mm-hmm. because we thought we think it's soft. We think that's we think this we don't understand feminine energy is power. Mm-hmm. Masculine energy is really that's ugly. Mm-hmm. Femininity, femininity has power, especially when you're really powerful. Like I'm already powerful in real life. Yeah. So imagine me coming home and acting like that too. Like, bitch, get your manly ass about it. Right, right. Be that nigga in the workplace. <laughs> Be the nigga when you outside. When you come here with me, mm-hmm. I want to have a queen. I want to have a woman. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I know that, and so, but it has a lot to do with the man too. The man, the man, we, we we both have to work on each other. I gotta work on me, mm-hmm. and you gotta work on you. 
You know what I'm saying? So he had to intentionally work on himself mm-hmm. to be what he needed to be for me. And I had to intentionally work on myself for for him. And and we just got to create that space for people to do that for each other. Mm-hmm. So when a person comes as yours, listen, think about it. We'll become what we need to become for whatever the fuck we want. Hell yeah. So if you really want that person, mm-hmm. I really wanted him. So I started listening to podcasts and all kind of shit. Mm-hmm. So I could make sure I got myself together. So I could be ready and, and able to handle him. Because I was tired of feminine men. <laughs> this is a great conversation. God damn. Men are feminine. And, and, women, and women are masculine. Wow. It's true. And women are masculine. It's true. Mm-hmm. Damn, it's true. Roles have reversed. Damn, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. And it's ugly. And I don't think it's, it's men's fault. I think it's just... Society's fault. Yeah. Their parenting, their upbringing, nobody addressing it. Their examples. Mm-hmm. We're not being affirmed. You know, like, we're not... We ain't got men in our lives to even show us, you know, how to be men for real. Where's your dad? My dad's alive. He's He ain't really been my dad. Oh. But I had to learn through just life. I had to learn through other men. Being in prison, for one, like being around hundreds of men, all different type of ages, it just, it made me become a man because I, I understood what being a man is. So prison helped you? Helped me a lot. Transformed me. I came out a man. Wow. I, I always had this little boy mentality, you know, like with everything. Like even just risking my fucking life. Like why the fuck am I here playing? Right. That's why I'm going to do something illegal. Like do it right, nigga. You out here just playing, leaving paper trails and shit like that. What are you doing for real? This niggas in here sitting for sitting here for thirty years. You want to be one of these niggas? No, hell no. Hell no. So you knew that you needed to do what you got to do. It's been out, so you don't go back. He's been in there with five kids locked up. Like you out here committing crimes, and you got five kids. That ain't no man. That ain't no man. Like you, if you got kids, I you supposed to figure this out another way. I'm not gonna risk my life, and and have my kids out here just fatherless, mm-hmm. talking to them through a phone. So. I don't know. It just made me look at the world a little differently. That's like, good. You know what you have it now? A boy or a girl? A girl. Well, congratulations. That's because you be finessing too much. I know, right? God know what he's doing, man. I you ain't tripping. <laughs> I ain't tripping at all, man. I ain't tripping. What time is it? Um, how have we been today? 10, 14. Oh, okay, we good? Yeah. You can call how we close up. I think that was... That See, was, so you don't have to do nothing else. You know how they're going to edit it and make it be good. That was it. So we done? Yeah. Oh. All right, Vanessa. Um, let's close out. Yo, listen. Wait, I'll be back. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Um, this was a wonderful episode. Thank you, Coach Stoney, for coming through with her brilliantness and her femininity and giving the game to all these women out here and men. You know what I'm saying? Like you did your thing. You did thank your thing. You. Oh, shout out to product. Candy cleanse. Listen, y'all get you some candy cleanse. If you want to lose some weight, you want to cleanse your system, get you some candy. It tastes so good. You won't believe it's a cleanse. That's crazy. You still out here network marketing. Damn, follow Robert. me on Instagram at Coach Stormy with a Y. Coach Stormy with a Y. Because y'all going to love this podcast. This is if it. If that part make it to the, to the clip. <laughs> it's going to make it. It's going to make it. No, I, I, had, I had a really good time with you. I loved your smoothness. Um, I loved your... What time my flight leave? 10.45. Okay, good. I loved your smoothness. They got back to check in? We good. No. Oh, okay. No, we're going to make it. We're going to go. We go. I loved your... Just so you know. Mm-hmm. You'll make it too. I loved your smoothness. I loved your you wasn't hype. You you maintained your, your equilibrium throughout the whole conversation. And right when I thought that you just got lost and didn't know what to say, you came with something that's like my abuse. <laughs>